episode of Too Many Marmalades. Uh, you're joined by our host here, Robert Davidson. He's from Cheshire in the north. And uh, my name is Travis McKenna, and I'm obviously from East London. Uh, today's guest on Too Many Jams, a show about all things 20-year-old, is Jimbo Norris, the man, the myth, the motherfucking legend. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me here, boys. Can I just say quickly... Jimmy Norris has been one of our top fans since Too Many Jams launched, and he's a huge advocate for the podcast. And like uh, I'm talking super, first episode, like like super supportive always, and we're super stoked to have him on the show today because he is uh, he's back in uh, in Canada for a little bit. And James, yeah, I'm. Big, I love you, dude. Yeah, big fan of the podcast. I've probably spent hundreds of hours listening to every episode. Do you think you've been through every episode? I think I've been through every episode, and I don't know why it comes out every Wednesday for five hours ahead in England for me. Do you know why it comes out every Wednesday yeah, for you? Five hours ahead. And no. What time do you post it? Like Tuesday at midnight. Tuesday at yeah. midnight. <laughs> so you just make the cut. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, yeah this is a Wednesday it, it can be a last minute thing sometimes. So, but I crank that up on Wednesday mornings, taking the bus all the way to work. It's quite an entertaining show. I always find that I'm the last guy listening, and these guys realize that there might not be anyone else there, and I have to send them a message <laughs> to let them know, boys, keep it going. I'm there at the end. You let us know that you're a guy that listens to the end. Um, yeah, also, it's. Oh, go ahead go ahead yeah may i continue sir yes continue all right uh also big supporter of almost anything his buddies do like what do you got on your wrist right now we got some of the finest jewelry in toronto <laughs> right here wrist and rye baby and how how long have you had that piece i've had this thing for two years and the quality is outstanding it's an elastic bracelet that he's had for two fucking years where else can you get that and uh so when he supported the company this is pre-podcast just a few buddies of his and uh hopped in on on a bracelet there and also we got to give so sh shadow wrist and rye but we ought to give farmer in the sky we're all going to hop in here. We got producer Kev on the mic. Let's pour ourselves a little farmer in the sky and let's take a minute to appreciate a fine quality brew. Yes, a fine it'll quality be a nice pilsner. change from all the, uh, the shitty old ales that they're drinking over Because this stuff is delicious. Yeah, what's like... And uh, uh, might I add as well that these guys, they finally got into their, the, uh, their first LCBO. Was it yesterday? That they went and tracked it down in Martin Grove. Well, on was the, their first shelving uh, appearance. This has been a bit of a journey. Two episodes ago, I said it was in a hundred LCBO thirty-five GTA wide. All right, you might have known that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did know that. And uh, <laughs> last episode, right before we about to record, uh, nice Rob, nice head. <laughs> Look at this glass of milk. Rob just poured a glass of milk over there with the amount of foam. And this Rob guy works at Sip Bar. <laughs> You know, it's kind of hard to make a pour when you got a mic in one hand. You can't. I don't know. I seem glass. to do it just fucking dandy over here. Um, yeah. And then last episode, I see on their Instagram right before we go on, they're like, uh, update like LCBO to warehousing issue and didn't deliver our product. So I, I updated it on the last episode right after I posted it. I saw on their Instagram now in this LCBO. So I just like, I wrote in the preview, I was like, just follow them. All right. Yeah. They're in one LCBO 
now follow their Facebook page and Instagram, True History Brewing. They'll post about it. They're in one LCBO right now where you can buy it. They're in a restaurant. They'll show you where it is on their places. But let's take a fucking crispy sippy right here. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Great to see you. Mm. Good to Cheers, be here, boys. Beers. Good to be here. What LCBO is it, just for reference? It's uh, the, it's know, Martin, Grove. Martin Grove. Martin Grove. <laughs> yeah, where's where is Martin Grove? Uh, it's uh, it's in Martin Grove. So we'll just, it's not a very good answer. To where's Martin Grove? Oh, it's in Kevin, Martin Grove. producer Kevin, do you know where Martin Grove is? Yeah, that's like that's in Martin Grove, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, thank you. Also, what did you think of uh, the yeah, Pilsner? In your first first go taste, the beer. really good, clean, delicious. And you're a bit of a beer guy. Yeah. Like you have a palate. It's Ke- Kev's a connoisseur of of many things, yeah. and he has a palate, especially for food, leatherbound drinks, pussy. My uh. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you really like it, eh? Really like it. No nope. bullshit. That it is, is good. It's like um, I said it in the first time I tried it. The most crushable pop I've ever had is an ST. Yeah. It just goes down. It's weird. It's kind of like witchcraft. This is the witchcraft of beers. I've never had a beer go down that smooth. I could, if I had to choose to funnel any beer right now, yeah, this is it. Yeah, and how many do you think you could do of these in a day? Say so you start early Saturday morning, tall boys. In a day? In a day of these. 20. Crushable. 20. Bet. 20. I could do 20 in a day if I had a full day. You think so? 100%. I could do 12 in an evening. That's yeah, an episode idea. Call him on it. When are we doing this? You have to call Bet. You just have to say Bet. Bet. You weird millennial. No one says that. <laughs> no, it is good. I think I'd agree with Trav. 18, 19, maybe 20 pints of these. Yeah, a day's a long time. That's that's a, uh, yeah. Like in an evening, you're doing eight. Yeah. yeah. So in a whole day, you can't tack on another 10? Yeah, you, you, you could get them <laughs> like, in India. You can do eight in the morning nap. Start again in the evening. Do eight more. You're already at sixteen. Like, it's very, very fair. Maybe wake up mid nap and and put two down. Uh-huh. Anyway, we'll wow. work on it. Yeah. Well, you um, know. So uh, before we get into James, because we want to introduce a little bit about him, because he's a real special dude. All right. Um, we're gonna talk about last episode. We uh, put it up. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, for some reason, the camera audio exported instead of the. Uh, podcast audio so we took it down it'll be re-uploaded uh just an update on that and also we talked about a segment the true history mystery in that last episode we only recorded that like two days ago this was uh uh like this is an episode that's come out very soon after so we still don't have that figured out yeah but it'll be it'll be in the upcoming episode so keep an eye out for that and again just to reiterate the true history mystery um we have sort of an interactive uh, treasure hunt in some yeah. ways that uh, that we're planning to do with to get some of this crispy pills. Invo- yeah, exactly. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Without and further ado, without further ado, fighting out of the middle corner, weighing in at 165 pounds, Jimbo. Thanks for that intro, and I, I honestly wish I weighed 165 pounds, except I'd probably be a little bit too skinny. You think so? That. Yeah. I'd put you at I'd like have to lose 20 pounds to go down to 165, and I don't think I'd look good, but I appreciate the... Uh, you know, know what? That's what you think of me. Yeah, I thought you were a slim dude. You're, yeah, you're looking yeah. slim He's these days. He's pretty beefy up top. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, look, at, oh, look, at, look at our sizes, right? Not yeah. too different. Yeah. I weigh 175, 
and I'll, I got a few inches on you, right? It's yeah, a, yeah, it's that chest. You got a little chest uh, beefiness to it. And may I, speaking of beef, may I give a shout out to uh, your dad, Biff? To Biff, yeah. <laughs> is he going to listen to this? He probably will listen to this. He, he, guy, is he going to be at the party? He will be at the party. He gave he's us all, some love. He's a big John Famous guy. <laughs> I love it. Days. Yeah, I remember so having a good chat brother. with him last, uh, last year. To the whole event. Norris clan, thank you. Thanks for giving us James, first of all. <laughs> yep. And uh, thanks for the support. James, we're going to get into your story, though, because... Uh, Can I ask you something quickly? Yeah. The first. Being in... This is just a question I had in my head. Uh, being overseas... They drink a lot over there. Do you yeah. find yourself drinking a lot of beer while you're over there? Getting in a lot of part ears. Of the, part of the culture. Yeah, part of the culture is definitely <laughs> the drinking scene. And a lot of that is every day at lunch, you look at a pub and there's just 40 to 50 guys out there in their suits standing outside the pub, pints in hand. Can you explain where over there is? O over there, <clears throat> London, England. That's where I've been living the past two years. Ever, Back in Toronto. Ever for heard of it? <laughs> ever heard of it. At lunchtime. Place is sick. Lunch breaks. People are doing that at lunch breaks For every beers, day eh? of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They're just crushing pints. <laughs> Go back to the office. <laughs> a lads. Just, yeah. <laughs> Big rip for the lads. The um, That culture is insane. Then after work, it's probably 100, 150 people at these pubs. And everyone drinks outside because the culture and the climate is so moderate that you don't want to be inside. Everyone's just standing on the streets. And it goes onto the sidewalk. And it's just the lads having pints. I, on the other hand, try and avoid that as much as possible, but you do get sucked into it. L lunchtime pints don't do me too well, otherwise I'll be no, hit, put hit you in the sleep. Yeah, hitting the nap mid-afternoon. So definite route to sheets is midday pints. <laughs> so you're obviously keeping up with the lingo over there. You're not losing Canadian slang. No, definitely not losing Canadian slang. I still try and mix it all together. Do they get it? Mm, no, 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 yeah. sheets. Yeah, sheets. Oh, listen, look at this crazy idea. poof over here. He's talking about sheets. Yeah, sheets. And one, like the big Canadian term where it's like, oh, that guy's a beauty. People are like, what the hell, man? You call me beautiful? Like, this is weird. That's not a good, like, that's <laughs> not, that, that, that one doesn't translate. I have to drop that one. What about, have you picked up any London slang? Yeah, you have like, mate is a big one. People say that kind of ironically. I say it just because I think it's pretty funny to yell mate every mm. other word yeah what else there's uh there's a ton of stuff like I'm trying to think everyone always puts me on the spot for english slang it'll come out as we speak so i okay. won't get held up yeah on no it. worries i'm a little okay, disappointed we'll no that. worries. that's okay no pressure just a little yeah, bit sorry disappointed. To disappoint you there trap um so you are in london and uh you you are also just like a fucking solid representative of canada i think and i always want to know when you go to a place like that the same way when a londoner comes to Toronto. Londoner. Yeah, not London, Ontario. Represent. A little, little different. Woo -woo. <laughs> when a Londoner comes to Toronto, I think they're super cool just from their accent. Uh, do you have the cool factor over there? I mean, I wish I could say it was super cool that it when is, I came to Toronto. Like you come from, yeah. I think Robbie moving from London, Ontario to Toronto, <laughs> he gets the bigger points than me moving to London. But when you are over there, you would think that, yeah, Canadian, you're going to stand out. But A, there's a million Canadians there. And then shit. it's also so international that people are like, we really don't give a shit where you're from. Not even with the ladies? Not even with the ladies. Really? You'd be surprised. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, oh, your accent's kind of cool. And then that's the end of the story. But when the English people come here, everyone is like lining up to meet them. Everyone it's literally wants a circle the accent. It yeah. is. It is. It's like, it's, who's this cool British guy? Oh, that's like, you know, it's a little, it's a little relieving because that's probably one of my main motivators to go overseas was to be the cool 
guy with the accent. Yeah. Because I felt it in Australia. Because there's not as many, I no, guess. Probably not. London, there's just so many. So people just think you're... I, when I first got there, people are thinking that I'm some Irish American. And I was like, I don't know where you guys got that mix. And they're like, it's your accent. It's so Irish and so American. And I was huh. so blown away by that. Are you Irish? Not at all. What is you? Uh, English and Scottish, but Canadian at heart. I got uh, you. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends where you go in Europe. There's probably some spots like that where you're... Um, yeah, someone let me know. I just want to be the equivalent of a British guy in Canada somewhere in the world. Maybe that Tokyo or something? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you go over to like China, I'm not talking or, about yeah, you're going to China but, straight to Beijing. Yeah, yeah they but, kiss the but, ground you walk. But on. it has to be an English speaking country, like somewhere where just the accent plays. I don't want to be literally talking through a dictionary at people. Well, if someone finds that place, let all three of us know. Yeah, uh, like I'm talking together. like the Nordic countries. I've heard things about Sweden, Sweden that they like dark, tall, Canadian man, handsome Canadians. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, just saying, but, uh, can you take us through, let's, uh, let's do a real too many jam style. You know, our style, mm -hmm. we want to know everything. I want to know, know all the details. I want to know what you think about at night, you know, when you're, what keeps me up, what at night. keeps you up. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. I want your deepest fears, burning desires, but, deepest no, fears. but on a, on a real note, I want to know, I, you know what, before the fraternity, like, let's just get out there. We're, uh, we're buddies from school. Um, I didn't know anything about you pre-fraternity and even our interactions with the fraternity have been kind of limited to what's going on in the present and then the future. What's, uh, what's your deal like, like growing up? Like whereabouts did you grow up? What, uh, are you getting a phone call there, Rob? Yeah, pretty classic. <clears throat> yeah, I'll take you through it all. It's cool. pretty uh, standard <laughs> Toronto life, government school all the way through. So we ripped Rosedale Elementary School. Nice. Grew up in Rosedale, went to Deer Park afterwards. And then went to North Toronto to see it through. And right after North Toronto, went to Western University studying there in uh, the BMOS program. And the first two years there were a hell of a lot of fun. Had made a lot of great friends. But it was sort of going into my third year that I realized there wasn't too much that I was doing. I was just going out, partying, going through the motions of school. Mm -hmm. Which is why I kind of sought out something bigger, something more fun or... Just something to be a part of, and that's where the Sigma Chi fraternity came in. Wait, can we can we bring it back a little bit to just your general psychology through all those years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like middle school, high school, were you the athlete? Were you the smart kid? Were you elementary school? I was never very athletic, but yeah. I won the athlete of the year, so that was uh, cheers. Probably the biggest accomplishment. What of my oh, grade? Life. Grade six. Nice. I won the arts award in grade four, and I was the athlete. It's weird how they they they, they fucked those up. They fucked those up. I know they definitely fucked those up. I was uh, sitting on the bench most of the games, but I was a team on leader on all the teams. On, on all the teams, in, team in leader spirit. in spirit. Yeah. So they gave me that award. Really fired me up. Set up the rest of my life. I think on uh, on being an athlete of the year. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then going into high school. Going into yeah middle school for a bit. I was a bit of a class clown. High school. Definitely a bit of a I'm, class I'm honestly clown. shocked. Always kicked out of classes, always causing problems. Um, still doing all right in school, which was fun. And my friends would get mad because I'd be distracting them and then they would do shit. Shout out to a couple of kids from uh, North Toronto accounting class, econ class. Those were the ones that really got us in trouble. But overall, had a fun time. So you were, you were not super athletic. You were just kind of in the... 
like charismatic group just like we'd go to parties like kind of hang out a little bit with everyone sort of deal yeah go to parties i played on the sports teams like i played on rugby I okay. played football. Yeah, yeah. never very good but you know what didn't really matter it was just a good time to hang out with the boys good way to fun. get out of school good way to get out of school got caught one time making fake doctors or not doctors note excusal slips for rugby i would nice. say that they would the game started at 11 just go home but uh that came to an end when i got busted so you uh <laughs> are you how many siblings got two younger siblings so, so you're the oldest and a sister and i'm the eldest i'm just trying to think like because like moving to london is a big move and i'm like trying to figure out where like the kind of drive to to do something like that like comes from in high school were you thinking at all about stuff like that did you have anything on the mind other than you know what i got to go to college and business is just kind of generally what i'm good at or did you have any kind of idea yeah so I'll, rather than going straight into that i'll kind of explain going into university and then what led me to these decisions to move to london mm, 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 mm. and university i went to bmos i was like let's do accounting program sounds pretty businessy probably get a good job after that it's doing all right in the program having fun getting good grades, whatever, classic Western stuff. Then towards the end, I was like meeting with people who are doing accounting and looking at jobs in the accounting sphere. And I was like, holy shit, I would be the worst accountant ever. This would be so boring. There's no way I'm going to do that. And at the same time, I was working a couple of fun jobs shout in out the Wiley. summer. Yeah, I don't know. I've listened <laughs> to his episode. I don't, shout out Wiley. Shout out to all the other accountants. Are you buzzed with Wiley? I know him. I know him through Western. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, shout out to all the boys who did accounting. They seem to be having a good time getting that CPA. But that was definitely something I didn't want to do <laughs> after fourth year. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting uh, so in the summers I would have some interesting jobs. Like for five years I was a big oyster shucker. So I would no just way. rip that out in Prince Edward Island every summer. Had a great time. Wait, why Dude, were you wait, out in Prince wait, Edward Island? Uh, yeah, yeah so many, I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> You're an East the, East Coast guy. In the summertime, so my mom grew up there. My dad grew up there. And where? Yeah. Uh, oh fuck, I don't know. But we you don't had know a, we, we, we still have a cottage out there. Where? Sorry, my dad didn't grow up there. My uh, dad grew up in Toronto. Yeah. My uh, my dad's parents grew up there, so we still have family places out in Canoe Cove, in Prince Edward Island. Don't know where that is because I stopped yeah. going there when I was sixteen. But my dad has been going up since he was my age, young, like born. Yeah. Since he was yeah, born yeah, yeah, yeah. until I was sixteen. Amazing. Um, East Coasters. Though, East through Coast. Through. So I would go out there every summer to Prince Edward Island. And it was kind of working oyster jobs there, shucking oysters. Actually, at first it was a dishwasher, which was probably the worst job anyone could ever have. But became the oyster shucker. Of which establishment? It's called Cars Oyster Bar. I'm going to tell my dad to listen to this one. He'll probably know it. He'll it's probably know famous. it. Cars <laughs> Oyster Bar. I still got family out there, too. Yeah, I'm going out there next week, actually. Fuck which be yeah. Fun. My family's out there. <laughs> but, be wicked. but I'd be doing the oyster shocking in the summers. Then I kind of decided to stay in Toronto in the summers. A lot of great oyster bars around here. My mom was like, you got two weeks to find a job. If you don't, you're going to PEI again. I said, I'm going to do whatever I can to get a job. I'm staying. All my boys Because you didn't want to go back. <laughs> I'm like, all my boys are in Toronto. Parents will be gone. I'll have a free house. It'll be the perfect setup. So signed up as a dishwasher at an oyster bar. <laughs> another bad decision but uh got promoted to be an oyster shocker there and did that for a few summers honestly the best job you can have in a restaurant everyone is running around like crazy bartenders are stressed out of their mind you're just standing there eating like 20 to 30 oysters a day 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to people about Probably the just rock hard all day too, right? Because it, it's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have to know much about oysters to become a shocker? I mean, it's quite easy to fake. You can, uh, right? You could be like West Coast, they got that creamy flavor. East Coast, you're gonna get that traditional salty, and you just say that about every oyster. Yeah, but in terms of like knowing your way around shocking and stuff, there, there's really not. It doesn't extend too much past that, right? No, like if you can do the oyster shocking and opening it, yeah, you're pretty solid. But it is a bit of a weird skill, and a lot of people don't have that, which would allow me to work at these restaurants where my friends would be busboys or stuff, and they'd be breaking their backs, sweating. So I worked at the Amsterdam Brew House one year. Yeah, good, good establishment. My friend was just there all day. It sits a thousand <coughs> so people. So busy, I know. Yeah, yeah. it sits a thousand people. My friend would be running around, breaking his back, carrying plates from every table. I'd be sitting there chatting to all the people at the bar, big Blue Jays screen behind me, <laughs> watching the game, chatting oysters. Like, yeah, that's the way to do it. That was the best. And then kind of off topic, but going back to everything in university and those were the summer jobs that I was working. And then as I was studying the accounting program, I wanted to get a bit more of a business experience. So I ended up working for a real estate company doing sales of an apartment building. And that was the most chill job I think anyone could ever have other than oyster shocking. You just tour people around, chat, knock on the walls, act like it's cement. So they're like, none of these kids are going to bother you in the neighboring <laughs> apartments. But it's just hard drywall. It's just like hard drywall. <laughs> You're like, and, do you hear this? No And there's kids. tons of noise complaints tons every night. Tons of noise complaints. You fill the building. End of the day, go back to Western. So it's four months. I think I did a good job. I'm hoping the people still living there are happy. Um, but that was kind of me thinking, okay, do I want to get into accounting? I'm enjoying what I've been doing. I enjoy speaking to people, whether it was through Oyster Shocking or through this apartment leasing. Do I really want to sit in a desk and do accounting? I had to ask myself that. And I spoke with people who were doing it. And everyone I spoke to just made me think, there's no way I could do this. I would be the worst accountant ever. I'd be the guy who's like trying to take half days because I'd be bored. Like could not be in the office doing accounting. Did you see those accounting commercials? No. Were they good? Maybe that would have changed my mind. The CPA commercials are pretty fucking lit. Yeah? Yeah. They kind of make you want to be a CPA a little bit. Are those the ones where they're like doing all these military investigations? It's like, like a girl hanging out of a helicopter and they're like, accounts do that. And then it's like someone like, yeah, like in like military uniform, like with a little like iPad. And they're like, accounts do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like CPA. See, yeah. No, I don't really have that vision of the CPA. I guess I didn't get caught with the CPA propaganda, mm. but uh, shout out to everyone who's doing it. Uh, okay. So you wanted something more. Um, and now we're, we're in second year and you, you want something more at a school other than academics. Was, yeah. was the fraternity just a social play? Like you wanted to have more fun or, you, or did you actually look at a fraternity? Like a lot of people in the States do like, this is, this is going to elevate career as well. I mean, there's a bit of both of those, but I wouldn't have said that either of those were the driving factor behind it. It was kind of through speaking with friends who'd been in it, who'd taken on more executive positions and had some responsibility and things to do and that would actually be worthwhile. I mean, throwing those parties takes a whole lot of effort, but there is someone who at the end of the day sits there and plans those. And there's people who keep the whole fraternity organized. So I saw kind of that and thought, you know what, this is like a leadership position and be something I'd be interested in. And when I was rushing in my third year, so a bit late, I was with a lot of first years, a lot of second years and a couple third years. And I went as the, uh, the pledge class president for that year, which was 
a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, getting yelled at and well, no, 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 no. It was a good time. Was a great time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great time. You just deal with a lot getting of Getting yelled at's fine. Getting yeah, getting yelled fine. at was fine. But that was fun. And then the second year in the fraternity, I actually was... So this was your fourth year. That was my third year. I was the pledge class president. Yeah, third and year the, you joined. Third year I joined. Your second year in the fraternity was your fourth year at school. Second year in the fraternity, fourth and final year at mm-hmm. Western. And I was like, you know what? I'd find in that role. Let's do something big. So Matt Soaps and I, we, uh, I decided I was going to go in and be his vice president on that. Yep. It was a very uh, George Bush uh, kind of kind of move. He's George Bush, and I'm uh, I'm his backup guy, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Yeah. Dick Cheney. That's the name. That's the name. So I'd be Dick Cheney. He's yeah. George Bush. I only Shout know out. Bush Senior and Reagan from those shirts, mm. like Bush Reagan '94 or whatever it is. Have you seen those shirts? Yeah, yeah. Did they? Just like the rowdy or '92? Yeah, something, something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I know nothing about you. Still US buying politics. all that gear. Uh, I don't. <laughs> no, he's only he's, he's only buying "Make America Great Again" hats it, these days. I only buy super liberal, like like abort whoever you want shirts. Or yeah, unreal, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, getting a, I'm getting a phone call here. I'm pulling a Robbie. Whoa! Differences is mine's on silent. Mine was on. Oh, you know, it's a computer. Difference is we don't use your computer. That's true. Um, so. So you so, do, so the fraternity you're Dick Cheney. I'm Dick Cheney. I last was there. year, last year that was a whole lot of whole lot of fun and uh, sort of spoke to the guy who was it before was Matthew Smeaton who you guys have had on the show. He oh, was yeah. my vice president. He was your vice president. Yeah, and kind of asked him about the role. He kind of walked me through the ropes of what it looks like. Thought you know what this would be something I'm very down to do. Something fun. Something that I can put more time into. And and honestly was the best decision I've ever made. I had so much fun living in that house. It is the best place to live. It is It is a good time. There's always stuff going on, and both Trav and I can vouch for having positions in the in uh, the, the the executive board and uh, w- what it does offer. And uh, it's it's a super fun crowd, social club to be around at all times. It, what it was when you were a young guy in the fraternity, this is what I always heard from the older guys, and it's it's across most places and most things you do, but... You get out what you put in. Yeah. And uh, being an executive, especially president, vice president, pledge educator, social, these bigger positions, um, you have to put in a shitload. But the fucking return on that, like there was a a few years where I I walked around, I felt like a celebrity. Yeah. Dude, like- you, You do get that feeling. The amount of love you get, people are like, thanks. Because they're just partying for free. For free, They're literally in there just like- doing some shit like in a dance hall like melting their face yeah. and they're like so thankful that you just put in the work to make this all happen for them well there's there's uh th- there's like two far ends of the spectrum right there's the guys that are putting in work and that are on the executive board like planning all the parties keeping things running and uh holding the the whole fort down right and then there's then there's the other guys who are like so far removed like don't really come to much stuff that involves work but are there for every party just pay their dues but they they make sure to contribute on the party side yes yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so So they're giving back they're giving back like you no doubt you need those people because they're the reason why girls want to keep coming to your parties while you're the top frat because you have absolute weapons Absolute weapons that are just on that end of the spectrum. But yes, going on, you get a lot out. You learn a lot. You learn how to manage a small business with like a like an eighty grand budget. Like yeah, and you learn how to deal with a bunch of people. I mean, 
Having to get people to show up to clean the house is not very easy after everyone's cramped Apathetic till 4 employees. <laughs> yeah. Apathetic yeah. unpaid employees. There's no better training than that. Yeah. Unless they really want to join. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can throw that, that at them. But that was, uh, so that was the fourth year and that was fun. And leading, this all kind of leads into moving to London. And the real moment that I realized I wanted to move was we were on grad trip, just having the most fun ever in Punta Cana. I was there with all my best friends, amazing time. And I kind of was just sitting there one day and I was like, do I really want to go back to Toronto? It's going to be cold. It's going to be kind of shitty in the winter. Everyone's there. I've always been there. Like Punta Cana is not like you're traveling the world and it's some life-changing experience. You're just partying at a resort. But I was like, there's so much more out there than Toronto for me. Why don't I go back and figure out how I can move to London? And that being said, I did have some family there that I'm close with, an aunt and uncle. And I got back the day my flight landed, sent an email to my uncle. I said, I'm moving to London in September. What do you think I should do? Wait, like you're just like, I'm going to move. You didn't have a job. I didn't have a job. I'd never been to London. No visa. You're like, I'm No hey, I'm, visa, I'm nothing. Moving. I'm just like, I'm done. You just, like, you just up, pulled bro. the trigger. It wasn't like I'm done with Toronto because I'll never be done with Toronto. All my friends are here. It's a great time. But I was like, you know what? I'm going back, pull the trigger. And once I sent that email to my uncle, I was like, there's even if I don't want to go, there's no way that I'm backing out of this. And you, this kind of hit you on grad trip? It did. It did hit me on grad trip. I'd always like joked about it with my cousins who lived there. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm just going to get a one-way ticket, never come back to uh, Toronto. And I would joke about that. And then even going further back to that year that I won the Athlete of the Year, I'm like, looking I'm at my, go I London, look at my yearbook. <laughs> my yearbook, it's like, where do you think you'll be in, I guess, you're 12 or something, 10, 15 years? And it just said London, England. And I'd never been. So I guess it's always been destiny. Prophetic. Wow. Wait, you went back to that yearbook? Well, I was cleaning everything out. <laughs> no, I'm the guy who reads the yearbooks every year. Dude, I, are you sure you just didn't have some bad water on your grad trip? Because I uh, I had some spiritual vis visions on mine as well, but they were fever related. Oh, no, I didn't have any of those. Oh, okay, because uh, I, I remember vividly me and Tristram were in a room together. We're both so sick from whatever uh, whatever you bugs you can get out yeah. of and I remember being so feverish, I was hallucinating, and I could see shadows moving on the wall, and I could understand Spanish on the TV. <laughs> Amazing. That's how fucked up And do you I still was. speak Spanish? No, no. <laughs> I just remember watching and being so feverish that I could understand them, you know? Dude, did you like take some whack drugs while you were there, or what? It's called their drinking water. It's the wackest drug you can get. <laughs> So, so you've been in London now for two years. Yeah, for two years, basically, coming up to uh, September. And what do you do there? So I, I showed up, had no jobs, had a couple meetings set up. Wait, did you? Okay, so you said you were coming in September. Yeah. And so did you? Like, you didn't pre-find a job or anything. You just you moved there, and then uh, I guess moved in with your family or something. Yeah. So th that was there. So that summer. Yeah, I did a uh, summer internship, um, same company I'd worked for in third year. Told them I'm going to be there till September. Worked as uh, as much as I could, and then from there, would send out emails to people that my uncle knew or anyone who knew anyone in London. I would reach out to. Yeah, and I ended up landing landing in London with no jobs because people aren't going to just hand out a job but without having ever met someone. But also, what about visa? Sorry, a visa is easy to do. Okay. Everyone should do it if they're under thirty. All you do is you go to uh, the visa center 
and you'd get the tier five visa, which was what I was, what I was on. And it's a youth mobility, which means that anyone can use that to get two years in the UK. You don't have to have a job. Two years? Two years. No shit. You don't have to have a job. You don't have to have like anything. It's basically just a two year, let me live in London pass. And uh, do, do they extend that to anyone or is there just certain countries like that they're kind of partnered with? Like Canada, I think it's US, Commonwealth, yes. Commonwealth, yeah. 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 Uh, um, and after the two years... I, I mean, this is probably coming up for you. What is what is the play if you're if you're still working there, and like I guess your company has to like sponsor you, or unless you like you find a girl, or what's what's the deal with staying longer? Or a boy? What's that? We don't yeah, know. just gonna yeah, have or... to marry one of my best friends for <laughs> <laughs> do the three year marriage. No, that so I'm I'm quite fortunate, and when I approached moving to London, I was like, I'll get the two year visa. I've never been why would I sign up for anything longer? But I do have a grandmother who was born there. So I am able to go through an ancestry visa, they call it, which will give me five more years. Oh, that's wicked. So I don't have to get sponsored by work. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah, I'm never leaving. Um, but no, so it's worked out quite well. I went to the visa application yesterday. One of the most boring places you could ever be. There's no phones allowed. No, not that I have any service in this country, but... Uh, <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you do that, by the way. But there's Wi-Fi everywhere. No, there's not. It's probably nice, to be honest. It's not To be nice. off the grid. No, it's no, not it's very not. nice. You know how I know this? My phone just broke, and I've yeah. been off the grid for four days. Yeah. It's not nice. I drove home from up north. I'm in the back seat. My phone's broken. But like, but your phone was like kind of broken. No, it was 100% broken it at was this 100%. point. Because you were, you were probably like trying to do stuff, but on a no, broken it's, phone. No, it's broken meaning it's not on like <laughs> okay. it doesn't turn on okay and i'm sitting in the backseat of this car for two and a half hours looking at a window like the good old days the bad old days that is pretty boring I went, and when you're driving uh I, I went i was going to uh someone's house and i got in the car and i backed out and i realized i didn't know how to get there without gps and i pulled right back in and i had to go look at a map you you went to a map oh google maps on the computer oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I because you no know what? podcast. I listen to the radio for the first time in years. It's a weird. It's just a weird place. You've always been a big bad radio guy, guy, Travis. That is tough. Yeah. What? But I guess if you're just Ubering everywhere, like. Yeah. Well, I mean, you go to destination to destination. You don't have any communication until you get there. So you're hoping your friends are good guys and that they've stayed where they said they'd be. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not too bad. That, that reminds me of a uh, quick little story. My my cousin. I was supposed to meet up with him one night and I was at Kevin's place. Right, I was at one of Kevin's friends, so I didn't know any of them. And he uh, he uh he has that like or uh, He's no he's no data. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. So he has no data or, on his phone yeah. or like no service or anything because he doesn't want his friends like, connecting with him. So that's his whole thing. He's like, once I make plans with them, they're hopefully locked into plans with me cuz you can't get in touch with me. So he's like, I'm coming back in an hour to this uh to, to kevin's friend's place and uh we'll meet up and then go out i end up waiting there for like two hours or, or whatever and i'm like okay it's probably not coming because i can't get in touch yeah, with him yeah. and then it was so funny because after i left uh he ends up stopping by and hanging with kevin his friends who he's never met before for the never night even met kevin no never even met kevin didn't, know, didn't actually know anyone there <laughs> and there wasn't even a mutual friend no not even a mutual friend yeah, we felt bad for him at first. I thought it was someone else's friend. And then we realized like, oh, no, no one knows this guy. He didn't come in and be like, hey, I'm Robbie's cousin. 
No, he just kind of just came in, hung out for a bit, and then <laughs> we all went on the table and we're like, so who, who do you know? <laughs> and he's like, oh, Robbie. I'm like, oh, Robbie just left. And then he got all embarrassed about to leave. And we're like, oh, no, no, just stay for a while, man. It's all good. And we just ended up hanging out that night. So He ended up partying, didn't he? Yeah, we ended up hanging out for a while. <laughs> but it's funny because I didn't even know Rob that well at that point. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like did Rob just invite his cousin over and then bail? Like, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, Kev didn't know the story at all. He thought I was just sewering him. <laughs> so yeah. I guess, yeah, if you're into, if you're into that, yeah, it's not ideal, but uh, I'm too lazy to go to Rogers or Bell or whoever. How do you like call but, an Uber when you're done at a bar? You get a buddy or like you have to go in the bar? You just hail a taxi. Wi-Fi. This is a scary existence, man. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah, one yeah. thing I would miss. Uber. Everything else, because I've been thinking to myself recently, Uber. I'm like, I could, sometimes I just like to go off the grid for a little bit and not have to respond to well, <laughs> anything. We're off, we're, off, we're off track here, though. Hey, yeah. Where were we? I think we were chatting about the visa situation and moving. Yeah. Okay. Five-year visa. What were you working at right now? Sorry. I yes. missed that. So when I landed in London, did a bunch of meetings, yeah. uh, set a few things up. And one of the companies that I'm, is the one that I'm working at now. I met with these two guys and it was sort of at the time, 15 people working there. And what they're doing two years ago was they had some pretty ambitious plans, which were to rip up the roads in London. So completely tear these roads apart to build new fiber infrastructure. So they would, they're basically providing internet to London, which has some of the worst internet in the entire really? world, which you would not think. Oh, really? So they're building this infrastructure street by street. And now we're at about 150 people. So I've seen this thing just like go crazy, but it's a shout out to G Network is where I work. What up, G Network? What G up, Unit. G Network? G for gangster. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and what do It'll you be do? Gangsta, bruv. So yeah, so when I was there, I, I got that job within three weeks and I was like, great, I'm going to probably not stay here very long. Doing what for them though? My, yeah, so what I was doing, it was a provisioning specialist. And basically for it's like one of the, I don't want to say worse jobs, but it's not ideal. It's no oyster shocking. It's no oyster shocking. It's no selling apartments. But what you're doing is just making sure somebody signs up for the internet. You're like getting the engineers there. It's like the guy who dispatches the Rogers people. Mm. So I'm doing that. I'm like, I'm actually going nuts doing this. This is not what I want to do. Had a bunch of interviews set up and found a job at a property company that sells apartments and I was going to get into that sphere. And I tried to quit. The bosses that I interviewed with initially had said, look, this is going to grow like crazy. I know you don't want to be in this role for too long, but we're going to build a property department within this company. Just hold on tight. We'll get the parts moving. So I said, you know what? I'll stick it out. We'll stay here. It's going to be exciting. And two years later, I am running the property department of this company. So you, you tried to quit. Like you tried to give your two weeks. I tried to say like, I'm out of here. Like I got a new job December 4th. And I'd been there for like a month. And he's like, we want to keep you. Here's the new role. Jeez. Wow. Uh, so now and I'm running that. Him. So what, what I do shit. is if That's there's, shit. if there's, if you look around in London, there's a ton of developments going on at the moment where they're building office buildings, they're building residential apartments. But one of the issues is that these buildings are so old. They have such poor internet. So I would sell the infrastructure into these buildings so that people can move in and have businesses businesses and residents can run off the internet. I, I can imagine the road. 
What's that? The internet runs through the road. It all is underground. So it's like a water. If you imagine like a water network that every building is connected mm -hmm. to. Yeah. That is essentially what we're doing with fiber optics. So is this a new network that they're building or are they re- programming that like current network brand new network the so, old network came through the wires the old network like, used to go through the phone lines phone lines i meant sorry and it's been run by a company that was under the it was part of the british government and they were so slow to make any changes or anything and because they're such a national company they can't just specialize in london whereas we are young and able to just go we only want to work in london the regulators are telling them they can't. So mm. it's a bit of a land grab. We've just raised a bunch of money. They just bought a construction company and they're digging like a hundred streets a, row, a month. I can imagine. This up. I can imagine there's probably um, a lot of a lot of hoops you gotta jump through in terms of the government wanting to preserve certain buildings and roads and such, right? Yeah, everything's history. Because it's so historic. They are. They are very into keeping it... True history. Yeah, the true history. <laughs> they're really into keeping it how it is. They don't want too much change. But at the same time, they're realizing that the rest of Europe is miles ahead of us in terms of their internet capabilities. I mean, they want this badly they want the internet to be good for everyone they want people to live in their boroughs because london's divided into sort of 36 boroughs with each of them having their own government so those governments come to us now and say we need you to do every street in our borough we want oh. businesses to move here we want residents to live here so you're so you're enjoying this job a lot it is quite fun i uh it was basically like building a business within a business so i had that comfort to have a salary and commissions, but it was essentially going out. There's no plan as you to what I was going to do. Yeah, there's no plan. They're just like, hit it how you can, see where you get on. And it's been a huge success, having a lot of fun with it. And what is the, uh, G Network's timeline in terms of uh, getting good internet across all of London or the UK or wherever it, it, it extends to? Fucking BNN yeah. over here, so, BBC yeah, News. Yeah. So I feel like no, I'm, I'm on just, BBC I'm, News. I'm curious, like how, like how long does, or like, yeah, how, there's some, there's, like how long does it take to like build like, like you know, like one kilometer stretch of like, or or however much you know you're doing. Yeah, so we dig it in a hundred meters, and it takes about ten days to okay. do that. So I can do a hundred meters in like probably eight seconds. Yeah, I mean you're much faster than G Network. Okay, cool. Just, <laughs> just letting you know out there. That's a lie, but probably close to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It's probably a good time. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so, they, so they're doing that. But the plan, the government wants to shut off the old copper networks by 2033. So that means that every single business and resident will have to be using fiber. So our timeline is to be done all of London passing 2.2 million buildings yeah. by the time it is 2025. So it's about six years okay. that they're trying to do this. Do you, just, do you see yourself sticking with uh G or i don't know maybe this isn't something G you want to answer but like do you see yourself like you yeah, know, yeah like do, being a part of this journey i do it's been exciting i mean going yeah. from 15 people to 150 i'm walking in the hall did you move up like, quick quick well i'm just still my position is just still the so, same so, so like there's like, there's like 130 people below you basically yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buddy i'm the king okay. you're the queen <laughs> i'm the queen <laughs> no but uh it's been exciting I, I like it. It's very fast paced, very exciting. Get to do a bit of sales, get to do business planning. Um, you know what? I plan to stay there at least until we do the completion of it by 2025. So another six years. 
So that's super cool. And uh, you're, you're clearly satisfied. It doesn't seem like you're having too many internal issues about what you're doing or where you're going to be at least in the next five, six years. Yeah, and who knows where I'll be. I mean, everything I do is kind of just for fun. Everything. Do you have a I don't yearbook do you can reference in like grade eight, yeah, nine-ish? Or read, it <laughs> yeah. Five, six, nine, down the line. I look to the past to see the answers exactly. for the future. Uh, but so, it's fun, and I have fun, and I don't really like to do anything that isn't fun for me. So I'll be here as long as it is fun. Like your party. On the 23rd. Like my party on the 23rd at the Pilot with one of Toronto's top 40 bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a huge compliment. Um, with Drake and Beebs. Yeah, Drake and Beebs. Migos was booked out, so I got these and the weekend. sick guys. Yeah, John Famous featuring The Weeknd. Oh, that'd be He's huge. opening for you. Wow. Oh, wow. Opening. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. I love giving a guy like that a shot. I know. He needs you know, it. He needs it. He's really struggling, so we're happy to do that. Let's get into, though... You know, it's it's uh, it's enough to talk about the job and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But let's get into the the lifestyle. The you lifestyle. know what I mean? Where you live in, how you live. You know, you got a girl going over there, out, going yeah. out. What's going Friends, on? Friends. What's the culture? Living with the Queen in Buckingham Palace. Nice, fucking, wow. fucking ham pals, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Ever since I checked in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I get assassinated for that in the UK? What? Calling it Fuckingham Palace? Probably not. Oh, no. No. Not they're a lot of assassinations? No, not unless you're dealing with the Russians, but uh, mm. you'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know many Russian landmarks that turn into swear words. We'll think about them. Think about it. We'll get back but, to it. Uh, but no, London is great living with a Canadian guy who's a few years older than me, and we're living in a two-person apartment. How'd you meet him? He's one of my cousin's best friends. So okay. He grew up in Toronto, went to UCC, moved over to England a couple of years ago for law school, which is the most genius thing to do because you don't have to do an undergrad or law school. You just do three-year program and then boom, you're a lawyer. Does it translate over here? Uh, you have to write some tests, but he's stayed over there. Oh. He's been a lawyer like the whole time. It's the way to do it. It's yeah. genius. It's genius. <laughs> um, but so I'm living with him. It's pretty fun. He works long hours, has a girlfriend. So he's actually not home that much, which means that James has his own little bachelor pad that he's hanging out at. Nice. And yeah. where is this located? We're near, I don't know if you guys are familiar with London, but. Very. Perfect. I thought so. Mm -hmm. um, we is this are near campus or, you know, are you downtown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is this like Richmond, a, Oxford? Or campus, like Warcliffe, Oxford? Oxford? <laughs> yeah, Huron Street. Huron, no, no, yeah. Well, the kidding. thing is, all these streets are actually in. It's true. We London. just. I don't think there's a Huron Street in London. There is that, for sure, and I haven't found it. Yeah, every street mm -hmm. in London, Ontario, I feel like, are like ninety percent of them are in London, England. Yeah, oh, it is. It London, is. England, just kind of copied us, and yeah, Richmond, Oxford, modeled there. The, the, Thames, the Thames, Thames River, the Thames River. <laughs> but sorry, anyways, where are you where are you living? So I live near Tower Bridge. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. everyone knows Tower Bridge. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So I live near there. Uh, I work kind of in a pretty swanky area, which is Mayfair, for anyone who knows that. So I got a bit of a balance. I have a bit more of a chill area in Bermondsey, kind of uh, Tower Bridge. And then at work, I'm right in the center of it. It'd it's be like, like the, your financial district? It'd or? be like the Yorkville like oh, on steroids. Oh, like, okay. So like you're seeing like, like nice cars and like oh, it's all like, Bentleys, Ferraris, like Porsches. Oh, my guy, what wow. up? You're walking down the street, you're seeing like the watch stores and the window. It's being advertised. Do you have to like, wear a suit to work, or are you casual? I do wear a suit. Okay, so they're, they're I love professional. It. I love wearing the suit. Put it on every day. You sort of fit into the vibe. 
And and do, do they like uh, do they pay well? Like, do you feel like you're in par for for where you're living at? Well, when I first got there, first year, that was definitely a struggle. And the way that the English people do their their paying their payment system is so poor. They do it once a month, so you're getting your paycheck. You're working for a steady paycheck, but you're getting that once a month. So you go and out. And that's across the board? That's most companies. So you go out, you get your paycheck. First two weeks, you're like, yeah, let's live it up. Lobster for dinner. Living like a king. Steak every day. <laughs> and then the next few weeks, you're like, beans and rice. God damn it. This sucks. <laughs> like, get me out of here. Can like, you not just like roll your credit card bill? What I would do if I was there was like try to make it so my credit card statements were mid-month. So um, I always had like that at the two-week point yeah. where I'm cash rich, you're paying off your credit card. Never had a credit card when I moved there. Just try to get one now. But uh, when you move, you, when you first move to a new country, they're not just handing out credit cards, which is... Oh, they're handing out visas. They're handing out visas. That's they different. Hand they're handing out visas. visas no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do you get paid in euros? So I get paid in pounds. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got paid in pounds. First year, it was like yes. trying to figure it out. First time really living on my own, trying to budget everything. Like I said, live like a king. Then you're basically eating beans and ramen. rice and ramen and not doing so well. Second year, flash forward, the stuff that I've been building in the company is doing much better. So I'm making those steady commission checks every month and the salary's going up. So I'm living quite well. And London, everyone says it is expensive and it is, but I'm finding Toronto to be pretty expensive just being back here. Like... Compared Interesting. To, I feel like I went out with a hundred dollars cash and I was just like gone. And, and you like can go out pence. there with ten uh, fucking pence in a ten pence on your head, mate. Yeah, do some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> beers and alcohol, much cheaper, right? You can go get a pint for dirt cheap. Pints are pretty cheap. Food at grocery stores is cheap. Like I bought a salad, or the ingredients to make a salad here it was like thirty dollars. I was like, so ripped off. I was like, <laughs> so what so was in mad. your salad? Man. Chicken and spinach and tomatoes. And then some sauerkraut and stuff. But Does like, that Pusateri's? No, Longos. <laughs> Man, I was so ready to just walk away from the cash register. Yeah, like, thirty dollars. Must have been a glitch. I, I do that sometimes. I'm like on my way home from work, uh, from bartending or whatever, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just stop in here and get something like some fast food on the way. And then I'm like, no, you know what? I'll I'll stop in the grocery store and make something. And then think it'll be cheaper. I end up go, I go in there and then I spend 30, 40 bucks. And it's like, what? <laughs> like I should have just no. bought the, yeah, like something. Yeah, you also easy, bought a right? rack of ribs in a crock pot. It is bad. But uh, <laughs> London, London, in terms of it being expensive, it has that, it's like an exponential curve. Like you can always afford to have fun and do things. And if you're going to the pub with friends, you're not mm. spending any more than you would in Toronto. You go to some bars, you're not spending any more. But then it just gets super expensive, super quick. Where you'd walk into a place and be like, yeah, not, okay. not today. Where they'd be like, it's a hundred bucks uh, for your glass of water. Yeah, hundred pounds. Yeah, hundred pounds glass of water. Yeah, like in the, glacier. <laughs> is that like in the area that you work? Filtered, yeah, near, filtered Queens piss. Yeah, near where I work, you're going in for a cocktail, twenty pounds minimum, um, which wow. would be like thirty five dollars here. It's so outrageous. It's like, so that That's just, way more gets, than York Phil. Yeah. It gets steep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it is the most luxurious place to work. You just see the, the people walking around and they're driving their Ferraris yeah, and they're going yeah. out for dinner. Do you have a car over like, there? Definitely not. Driving there is pointless. What about a bike? Don't like to bike. Not a big sports guy. What about a motorcycle? <laughs> Definitely not. But what about a, uh, what about a, a helicopter? Um, like a Metro Pass. Yeah, I got my Oyster <laughs> card. 
Oyster card? Is that Oyster what it's called? Yeah, yeah. The shucker, dude. Everything in life escape. is weirdly linked. Oysters, baby. If anyone needs hookups on oyster catering, I'll hook you up. I'll the oysters cater. have been really central in your life. I wonder if there's a, a meaning to that. East Coast forever. Yeah, but I'm, I'm East Coast for a little bit, and I'm, I got nothing like you that. You probably said it in his I hate yearbook. seaweed and I hate shrimps. Lobster Jeez. tastes funny. Don't know what's wrong with you, mate. Well, because I grew up going to the East Coast, and I saw a live shrimp, and you ever seen those ugly freaks? Yeah, yeah, they don't really look as good as what you're having in your shrimp scan. No, and have you ever smelled East Coast? Have you ever smelled the coves around uh, PEI when the tide goes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bogs? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's all I think of now when I taste seafood is like a de half decomposing whale. Yeah. <laughs> but not really, though, but you know what I mean? No, can kind of agree. It does, it does smell when the tide goes out. Sorry, where is your family in these coasts? Family is in Prince Edward Island. You have where? Cars. Uh, like Cavendish. Cavendish. See, I don't even know. I could drive you there. Yeah. If I got off the, the fixed link, I could... You, it's I all could, one, it's it's, all one I, road. You make a right yeah, and you're like fucking... Like, yeah, it's easy to find anything there. You just uh, take one road. But yeah, so Cavendish area. And is it on the coast? Yeah, so they have it. It's down a little river that you can take your boat out and you go out and it's uh, then you're on the coast and... Five, so it's like minutes. it's like a it's like a summer home. Yeah, it's like a summer home. Grandparents are only there in the summer. Then they snowboarded up in the winter. Had the pleasure of going on a cruise with them in Florida. Nice. Cruises, Just you and them? No, whole family. Okay. Cruises are interesting, but. Uh, so, do you go out much while you're in London, or what's like? What do you do for fun on weekends? Yeah, we, when you're we off didn't work talk about the girls either. Is or the it girls? Do you, do you have a girl right what's now? Going what's going on? What's going on? Single, but just in time for my party. So, if anyone's uh, gonna be there, <laughs> if you like look, what you, you know who to look out for. If you like what you hear in this episode, uh, that's the 23rd of August at uh, the Pilot. Yes, yeah, second floor. Ask for Jimbo. Yeah. So, why, why don't I talk about? Uh, Going out, and then I'll talk about girls. But going out in London, it's amazing. There's just a huge mix of what you want to do. If you want to go out and rave till 11 a.m. in the morning, not that I do that very often, but uh, you can do that. If you want to go out, have a nice dinner or nice drinks at a cocktail bar, keep it pretty casual, you can do that. You want to go to a pub, you can do that. It's kind of like Toronto, but just so big. And every area you go to is going to be a different type of person there. So even leading into the girls section, there's some areas you go and I've heard you guys talk about Toronto girls not being too keen on getting approached to the bar. Yeah, yeah. But some of these English girls are like, what do you want, mate? What are you here for? Why are you trying to bother my friends, mate? And you're like, whoa, no, like whoa. They're aggressive. Yeah, aggressive, rough girls that you don't want to be chatting to. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. And that's just like based even on the violent, area. you think. They're you like, know? yeah, you're like, what's this they're girl like got a blade face. or something? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sometimes. So it's like date, approaching girls can be potentially it could be dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what area you're Has in. Has this happened to you? I haven't gotten pulled the knife on, but I've had the girls yell at me, be like, what you want, mate? And you're like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and laugh. But, uh, but um, other than that, like every area is just different groups of people. And it's kind of nice in London because I have a good group of friends and they've become friends, but they all have their own friend groups as well. So you kind of are like, on your own you can stay in if you want but if you want to go out depending on what you want to do you know which friends will be doing what kind of thing mm. so you could be like you got the lsd crew lsd crew you got the, you got the <laughs> dom perion crew. yeah the drum and bass guys you <laughs> love know? drum and bass you got the tweakers yeah yeah i got you all right so you got the tweakers you got them all but uh 
But you just pick who you want to hang out with, and even if you don't want to do anything, you could just stay in, and nobody's gonna bother you. And what about live music? Because they got a great music scene over there too. Are you? I mean, is that something you? Are you a music guy? Yeah, yourself? yeah, I do. Yeah. I do like music. My dad and brother are huge into music, so they'll always send things over to my uncle. So my dad's youngest brother, and he will. He'll just won't even know the band. He'll be like, "I'll buy the tickets," and then he'll just scoop tickets for you guys. Scoop tickets, and we go. And we've seen a few people like Courtney Barnett, if you know her. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> looks like he knows her. Yeah, oh, huge fan. Um, but Cor- I've seen, Courtney, I've seen, yeah. Courtney. I went out to Germany to go see Bob Dylan. He's still alive, if anyone was oh, that's wondering. That's cool. Very I've fun. seen Bob before. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. all right. Um, Many years ago. Music scene. Yeah, it's, uh, it is pretty good. I'm not like huge into the music scene. I don't seek out bands. But if someone's like, let's go to a concert, I'll be like, yeah, maybe. But yeah. that, I'll go. Okay. What about what about football? Are you? Yeah, I was gonna ask about that. Yeah, I'm London's biggest Chelsea fan for sure. Cool. I love sports more than anything. Shout out my old roommate Gabby, huge Chelsea fan. <laughs> got I'm, me into I'm the completely sport. sarcastic. I just oh do not like sports. Let me just take that back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a huge sports guy, but everyone in London is into football. So you go into the office. I had to pick a team, a team that's like obnoxious Chelsea. Yeah, a team that's not very liked Chelsea. Yeah, a team, that you, a team with like a sick Russian owner who's yeah. really sketchy. Chelsea oligarch, yeah, oligarch. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do who do most of people in London cheer for? Well, because what what's great about it is not like not to chirp on like Leafs or Raptors or Blue Jays, but like in Toronto, everyone just cheers for the same team. There's no like rivalry. London has like four or five different teams, and uh, everyone cheers for different teams depending on where they grew up. Interesting. So like Arsenal is a big team. Chelsea, there's some fans. There's like Manchester people, not even from Manchester, like them. But uh, yeah. So you have these rivalries. They're like the bandwagon so team. It's like they're a bandwagon team. Man City's a bandwagon team. But you come into the office Monday. And you just know everyone's going to be chatting about football. So I just like to uh, yell Chelsea a bunch. And then like, <laughs> Chelsea! And they just cheer and just annoy everyone because it is annoying. I didn't know that they were like a team like that because my roommate legitimately liked Chelsea and uh, got me into them. And I remember seeing them win the Champions League beating Munich like years ago in a huge underdog story. So I always assumed that they were like the underdog good guys. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people would disagree. They... Uh, I, honestly, I don't know very much. Someone was like, "Tell me one fact about Chelsea," and I was like, "Russian owner, Yokohama Oligarch. Tires." That's Yokohama, their that's their sponsor. Yokohama. <laughs> so I'm not a huge football guy, but it is just quite <laughs> funny to follow along and uh, going to the games is fun. Dude, you get the, it's fucking boring to rivalry. watch our TV though. Going to the games is fun because it's so they segregate, so they put the away team in a section, mm-hmm. and then you have the home team there. So everyone's like, otherwise there's yelling a bunch at of each brawls, other, doing eh? this to each other. Is there like, a Yokohomo section? No, there's no Yokohomo <laughs> oh, section. What, what about? Is there ever any like uh, oligarchs? <laughs> yes, oligarchs. Place. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ravs, the Russian Arab villains. <laughs> Yo, that's sick. They have their own area, probably. <laughs> yeah. What, what do they call them? Soccer uh, t- uh, hooligans. Hooligans. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Do you ever see any like hooligan nonsense? No, but I mean, I'm kind of one who wants to see that. So I've had friends meet me at a par- at a bar that's like fully Chelsea, and the second they walk in, I'm just yelling, "Oh, it's the Bournemouth boys!" and hoping that something goes down. <laughs> but nothing, <laughs> nothing ever went down. Um, I've been seeing a lot of. <laughs> Uh, news that there's all these bike thieves b- 
but like motorbikes, but also phone thieves. Yes. Is this a huge problem in London? They're absolutely nuts. They, uh, they're hilarious because they, what they do, first off, there's like a complete criminal organization, really happens in North London mostly, but they will order Domino's like any other person in London. Guy shows up, boom, rob his bike, change the license plates. Now that's his like criminal vehicle. He then has like a gang of like five other guys and they'll ride up to jewelry stores and like break the window with yeah. sledgehammers, rip in, grab all the jewelry, go in the front. Yo, like, I know. Yeah. I know. It's nuts. I've been watching, I've been in a wow. hole on YouTube watching all these like brazen moped thieves rob jewelry and it they'll just walk up to anyone on the street and steal their phone or purse. They will. They'll, and Broad they, daylight. Yeah. If they have their motorcycles, they'll just go by and just grab it as you're going. Not even leaving the bike. Not even leaving the bike. And it's 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 hilarious because the reactions of people, even though it's such a problem over there, are exactly as shocked as if it were to happen here uh, on in Toronto, where yeah. it never happens. Yeah. yeah. So if someone was to pull your phone out of your hand while you're walking on a moped on the sidewalk in Toronto, you'd you'd think you're hallucinating. Yeah. In these videos, it's the same thing. Even though it's such a huge problem over there, they'll have their headphones in. Some girl's just like texting. A moped will come by, yoink it out of her. And she's like, ah, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, so, and you watch videos of this happening? Oh, I've been in a hole. The, yeah, I love it. A lot of wow. videos. So there's a funny story that, we, uh, that happened near my office. So we hired a contracting company to dig up the roads, as we were saying earlier. And right next to them, a group of moped guys come in and do a smash and grab, and they have their sledgehammer. And then the construction guys have their shovels and see this, and it's just a fight between sledgehammers and shovels. They beat, they, they beat on the they fucking... They catch one of the guys, hold them down. No shit. <laughs> Yo, because it's wild. First of all, not only are there are there uh, criminals, there's tons of vigilante groups now that are <laughs> yeah. counter-criminal motorcycle guys that find stolen bikes and try to capture these moped hooligans. And I was watching this whole documentary where they had like the hooligans blacked out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. doing the interview, like how Vice does it when they're talking to criminals. Yeah, yeah. And they're explaining how they hit these people. And he's like, it's really easy, bruv. You see a girl on a phone? She's got her head down. She fucking deserves it, mate. Like, and he's just like, that's my phone. You know, and he's like, yeah, he's getting yeah, all yeah. like a- aggressive about it. And then you'll see like clips of him just like yoinking phones. It's, they do it. Like, it's no, worth the watch, man. There was a while wow. as well where the police couldn't chase them because it's risk of death or something. Mm-hmm. So these guys would just whip out and go through little alleys. You know what doesn't around. happen in America? Why? They'd be shot. Yeah, probably. So if they'd take the phone, a cop would pull up. Boom. They'd be like, you're dead over a phone. Yeah. Over there, they got like a, they have like a water pistol and like a rubber mallet. Yeah, they got a mallet. Yeah, it's much safer. That's yeah. crazy. Except I got to check this out. So the, the big crime there is knife crime. Like there's Because so, there's no guns. Like, no guns. Mm-hmm. So these, like, you see videos of people in McDonald's fighting with like machetes. And you're like, well, this is London, not Dude, the this Congo. is the stuff I see coming out of London. Yeah. I don't see anything else because no other London news hits my eyes. Other than but this. knife machete battles, <laughs> yeah, yeah, motorcycle thefts, and yeah. vigilantes. The good three, good trio. And I love good British rock. Yes. And you know, a Top Gear. And Top Gear. Now uh, also called the Grand Tour. Yes. So that's it. Correct. That's Correct. my uh, that's London, darling. Have you guys <laughs> ever been either of you? Never. Gotta come out. Ireland. I would love to. Well, what I was gonna ask you is, like, no, uh, no offense to uh, 
I'm not trying to offend any Irish people out there, but uh, I was in Ireland for a weekend. Yeah. And uh, I, I was looking at the girls. I just wanted to see what's going on. I went to Temple Bar and um, I was a little bit underwhelmed. With the Irish girls. <laughs> yeah. Where in Ireland were you? Uh, Dublin. Haven't been. And uh, I, I remember looking around and just being a little bit uh, sad, you know, because nothing motivates me more than like you walk around in Canada, Toronto summertime and there's good looking girls. Yeah. And it makes you want to work hard a little bit. Yeah. London is the same. London is so many good looking girls. Great. You walk on the streets, you'll never be a shortage. That's what I like to hear. And all mm -hmm. like fucking an accent. Canadian accent. Yeah. No, I'm saying on the girls. Oh, the girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. The but it depends accent. if you get those rough girls, you're not going to like Oh, you're right. It's a little bit of a spectrum. Um, <laughs> can you tell where certain, like, like can, have you picked up on the, the accents enough that you can tell where certain people are from, like what boroughs? Because they all have, sort of have different, um, uh, yeah. what's, what's, what's it called? Uh, accent. Yeah, accents, but <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or inflections is the word. Okay. On, on their accent, on that, like a traditional British accent. Yeah, right? so it's, it's easy to tell like the posh who are like the super, I guess, aristocratic, old school. They have their accents, which are super posh. And I, I don't know, I can't mimic it right now for the people listening mm -hmm. at home. And then I can tell kind of the East London people. So you have like the Essex. Um, what about the, the Geordie Shore? Shout the Geordie Shore. My East, favorite yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. They've got some good accents. And then you have like Liverpool. I know a couple of people from there can barely understand what they say. Um, which you would think they're speaking English, but it's very uh, yeah, tough. Yeah. I've heard that, but I can't. I can't pinpoint it. I'm not like the guy who's like ah. You can eat the big, yeah. the big you noticeable. Can do the big, yeah. I feel like if I was over there and I wasn't posh, I would get really good at the posh accent and become posh. Like if you can just fake your way to becoming elite over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just practice that accent relentlessly until I became one of them. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Because then you would apply for jobs. People would treat you better. You'd get probably better treatment at banks and like <laughs> yeah, at the police. Yeah. yeah. It's such a simple change. <laughs> to go for the... Yeah. You know what? Maybe I should do that. Well, you don't uh, have... You're Canadian. Canadian is good. But if you're English, you know, you kind of have that accent and you want... You're proud of it. You're like, this is how I sound, bro. Uh, nah. Maybe not you. You'd no, switch. No, I'd be posh. Yeah. Um, what I, so are you on like Tinder over there? No, so I don't like using dating apps. I always found them to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a bore in terms of like you're just going through a million people and then So where do you meet? Where do you meet so, girls? So what I do is just like traditional, you go out, chat to a ton of girls at bars, meet them, go on dates, have fun. I see a couple of girls or one girl for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> a couple. <laughs> Trying to sound cool over here. I was seeing one girl for a while, ended that I'm I'm really not looking for a relationship. I'm just like having way too much fun being single. And like, yeah. why would I want to settle for Preach. like a relationship when I could just be having a sick time every day? I like it. That's a Kev's exact thought, right? Producer, <laughs> it looked like you had a question over there, Kev. No, I was going to say, I pulled up uh, the English learner's guide to UK slang, 18 must know British words for casual use. Oh, look, okay, let's ask him these and if he knows what they mean. Or, or, or just ask him over there. You just can read ask him over yeah, there. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Mate, I'm right chuffed right now. Pass on that. I have never I'm heard absolutely that. chuffed with my birthday present. 
Thanks. Happy. Happy. They're very pleased. Very pleased. Right. Okay. Okay, this one's easy. Knackered. Yeah, pretty tired. Um, okay. I'm going to Nando's for some bants with the lads. Yeah, so Nando's, they have it here. Great chicken shop. Bant. Bant. It's like Bant. banter. Yeah. And then the lads are just the lads. What was that video, Rob, we watched with the guy with Tourette's? He was like, Chicken Nando's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, fuck, I got to. Oh, they actually put fag in here. <laughs> yeah, for a fag is a it's dart. a cigarette. Yeah, people still use that. They always they're like, "Oh, I'm just going out for a fag," and you're like, "Nice." <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have any extra it, fags? Do but, they know it's worldwide inappropriate? Probably not. No, they no, actually they think, think we, it's like everyone it's, is still using that. Uh, uh, but like, do they use it as a derogatory term as well? No, definitely not. Uh, I don't know. I don't hear it as a derogatory term. Sometimes in the office. But, um, uh, okay. Would you like a cup of mate? Cuppa, cup of tea. Yeah. Um, oh, I love how they have a ledge. Man's an absolute ledge. ledge. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Oh, this one I don't know. Uh, oh, sherbets? No idea. Do, do you fancy a few sherbets after work tonight? Something to do with drinking? Mm, no, it's it you sherbet? go to a pub for a few sherbet. No sherbets. Sherbets. I don't know. It's a, oh, it's an invitation to drink a few beers. Start using that one. Um. Oh, and if you had a few sherbets last night, mate, I was trolleyed. Trolleyed. That's uh. I guess just wrecked. Wrecked. Yeah. Narky. Narky. I don't know. Narc. Does it have to do like a narc? Moody or bad tempered. Uh, I see. Okay, we obviously have arsed. Um, that can't be arsed. Everyone knows that. I'm gagging for a cuppa. You're just like, you're itching for it. You need it. <laughs> uh, okay, cracking is good. We all know that. Bloody. These are pretty good. That was a, that was a, good, that was a good find. Producer Kev, I love the content edition there. Thank you. Thank I'm going to take yes. some of these back. Earned my paycheck today. You know? Yes. You will be getting a nice $13.18 on your T4s. <laughs> uh, more realistically, you'll be getting a, a farmer in the sky next time we do the podcast. <laughs> so we've, uh, I don't know how far we into this, we're into this episode here, but uh, we wanted to introduce a new segment. Um, and I don't know if yeah. you caught the last episode before I we didn't. pulled it down. No data. Okay. We wanted to do a segment now at the end of the podcast, what we call tips for your 20s. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an unhelpful advice ripoff from uh, Bobby Lee's podcast, yeah. but we're trying to make it a bit more helpful. Um, but basically, we're trying to think of a topic that that we think affects twenty year olds pretty generally, like you know, not being able to rent a car under twenty five, or like the, the what we did last episode was, as a twenty year old, are you obligated to donate at a cash register when they ask you to put two dollars in? Do you not do that? <laughs> <laughs> luckily we took the episode down to edit it so maybe i can edit what i said but no i said i said you're not obligated to to do that no and i don't you know i don't think you should no feel, no you shouldn't feel obligated and i think instead of feeling obligated and guilty for not doing it you should not feel obligated and it's normal to not do it and 
just feel a bonus when you when you want to give that. Yeah, back. you're like, let's do it today. You're like, you know what? I got an extra fucking two piece, two pounds flying around. Yeah. But um, for this episode, I don't really have a chance to think of one. Yeah, I don't have one. Off the I was top working of my head all morning, and I just flew either. in hot. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, no. Let, let we, like, even if it takes us a while to think of one, we can just edit out the gap. But let's think of a topic here. General. So what is it? It's just like advice. Something like something along those lines, like. But you're saying unhelpful advice? No, unhelpful advice is where I got the idea. So Bobby Lee has a. He's a comedian. He's on yeah, Matt yeah, TV. Yeah. He's got a jokes podcast. If you're into, really? uh, oh, dude, one of the funniest. Kevin's a huge fan as well. Nice. And at the end, like they always have comedians on it. At the end, they do unhelpful advice. And like some guy will write in and he'll be like, hey, like, you know, I've been married to my wife for 15 years and I'm, I'm starting to lose attraction. It's like a really serious question. Yeah. And like Bobby and the comedian will just give the fucking worst advice <laughs> to this guy. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, man, like, you know, when it gets like that, I like to cheat around a little bit, you know, uh, lose my wife, make sure that I I know I love her then and then win her back. And it really always works for me. And yeah, so but we, we want to do a version where it's more like something like donating at the cash register where it's still kind of jokes and we give a definitive rule. Like they did in like how I met your mother, like the bro rules or whatever, like that. Like we bring it up, we debate it a little bit, and mm. then at the end, it come to solid yeah. piece of advice. Like, <clears throat> like one would be, Kev, do you have any ideas? How about uh, like a on a date paying for a bill? Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 so I don't know my answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Fool me once. Okay, Kev. Um, let's bring it in here. So the, the topic we have is you're going on a date. All right. Yeah. It is 20 motherfucking 19. Women yeah. don't even want you to hold the door open for them. They want you to carry the children in your wombs and everyone's paid equal. You know, now that things are e- even Stevens. Yeah. And you're going on a first date. Who pays and why? That's easy. I every first date I go on, I pay. I don't care. I just like if I'm asking them to go out for drinks, if I can't pay for the drinks, what if then they I asked have, you to go out? Then maybe we'll think about splitting. But I'm happy to pay. Like if I can't pay for drinks on a first date, then I have a lot bigger problems. You're talking than, to some guys <laughs> with some real problems. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. Well, well I, I mean, so I think I would have a lot, on? a lot bigger problems if I couldn't pitch out to a couple. Uh, extra pounds for a first date it's not like i'm taking this girl to nobu all right and we're going 300 listen 300 pounds even if i'm going to cheeky nando's all right kev robbie and i uh living in this expensive city sometimes and it's not that we can't afford it it's just like you said 250 dollars to take a girl to a very average mexican restaurant and you're doing that as your first date I'm, I mean, like... Wait, you paid $250 at a Mexican place? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lie. But $170 <laughs> at, at Hacienda Playa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went Baba there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's not a joke. That's a total truth. No, no, no. Of course. Yeah. And yes, actually, I have spent $220. We went to, like, D-Bar after. Um, and I do believe that one of us picked up D-Bar, so... It was like, I didn't, it wasn't 200. You know what it was? No, I think it worked out to being over 200 bucks. But that being said, it wasn't a first date. Uh, you're on a first date. 
and you want to go to a pretty average restaurant that's like Amsterdam brew house and above, yeah. you're still hit, dinging off that hundo piece. But I am, I, I don't know, my first date approach is very low commitment. Like I'm going in there to see what it's like. I'm not going for dinner. I try and keep it short. So I, I usually have some reason that I can get out of there in case it goes south. Cause like sometimes you meet these girls and you're like, had great memories. You're like, wow, it was so funny and charming on Saturday. Here it's Wednesday. Meet this girl. There's and they no show connection. Up looking like a bag of sand in my right Yeah, there's, there's like no connection or you're not having fun. You'll be like, great. That excuse I gave you at the beginning of the date, I've still got to cut. Wait, what and kind of excuses pay. do you use? You're just like, oh, I got to go home. Got a call happening in Canada. Business, business, business. But or like that's like so that. obvious. <laughs> Is and it though? People yes. don't really believe Like, hey, it. let's go for drinks. Uh, by the way, but I you're like, yeah, or, or I'll be like, oh, I have to go home, hang out with my roommate. That's not I don't know. Excuse. That's not a good one. I have, I have, I think of them. I put a lot of effort into while I'm walking to the date. I'm like, how can I set it up? And then you most set it of the time, up for failure. But most of the time, I'll bail on that. It's just an out in case it goes. No, I go in. You need. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go on this date for four hours. Dude, like I've my time never, is more valuable. I've than, never had a bad first date. I haven't either. But you give an excuse, and then you don't have to stick to it. I'm just like, I might have to leave or something, and then you can flake if it's boring. Okay. Well, Kevin. You, me, and Robbie, we've we've experimented with this concept. We're still all in the camp that the way we were raised, it's uncomfortable to not pay for the first meal. Yeah. Regardless. Even if she fights a little bit and she's like, no, let's split it. You go, no, 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 I insist. Only when they're like, no, bitch, I am the man in this relationship. We split it. That you go, okay, whoa, whoa okay. All right, like I'll split it. Um, you know what I mean? Like when they're like super like... Yeah, super adamant about mm-hmm. it. But overall, I think the rule of thumb is... If, 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 Kevin like, experimented with if, this. If, if you want... <laughs> yeah, as, as, as much as they say they, they want to split it or they don't want you to pick up the bill... Oh, yeah, no shit. 100% they're judging you and that may determine whether you get Kev, a second date or not. Kevin, experience here. Yeah, because like, for a few months I was going on like a tear on Tinder just like... Going on multiple dates a week. You would like six convos. Sometimes you spent almost four hours on the couch just working through all your Tinder messages. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Those are uh, the glory days. Yeah, I, I, I burnt out a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, then I just was like going through with piles of money. It wasn't working a ton. So I thought, okay, maybe there's a way I could do this, but also... I don't know, go on first dates and somehow like... You were experimenting. Experimenting. Like, maybe we could split the bill and it's not a big deal. It's 2019, whatever. Mm-hmm. Tried it out. Turns out it is... It's a yeah. huge deal. <laughs> they take Does it as, oh, he doesn't like me. This this guy sucks. It also interrupts the flow. Like, even if you, if you are having a good time, you're just having fun. It's like, no, don't worry. I've got this. It's just nothing. It's not like a big deal. But I'm not going for $170 dinners on a first date. Well, you ain't rich like me, dog. Yeah, I know. I, get paid got, the- <laughs> I don't have the weekend opening for me. Um, the uh, So, Kev, I did speak with that girl after your date mm. and confirmed that that was uh, the main factor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Now that, you know. Yeah, she, she liked you. It was a good date. It was a good date. Yeah. So, and it, I know it's a little bit on them to look past something like that, but if that's the way you're raised... Like maybe you're, you come from a family. Like I come from a family where obviously probably you guys did too, where your dad's like, open the door for the girl, pay yeah. for the meal. That's what you do. And even at some points, like if my dad even caught wind that I was doing something like, the, like that, 
he'd be like, you a little tight for money? Like, I can help. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't want people thinking you're tight cash. <laughs> All right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, like, this is a pretty open and shut case. Yeah, you got to do it. Are their customs the same over there? Like, is it kind of like similar values? Are you feeling it's like... It's very similar. It's very traditional. Even the dating-wise? Even the like, dating-wise, it's like you're kind of expected to pay. Same sort of pathway to hooking up, though? Same, like, same sort, sort of pathway. Of, you go on a few dates, whatever, mm. whatever. But um, it is very similar. It's very similar to how it is here. You, you know, I'm guessing, you know, you may have touched butts with a couple of girls while you've been over there. Have you noticed any difference in the butts in the bedrooms <laughs> in the bedrooms well i mean it depends like some english girls can be as boring as they come ah uh, there's some crazy girls that are from different countries like i have girls, like you've made a girl from oh, like oh, south country. america oh. who's living there and you're like wow what has south america been doing all these years a lot That's of butt stuff place. yeah a lot of butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then you meet the Canadians and they've just the same people, but uh, they're just the same as Canadians here. I mean, it is fun. You get a mix. It's such a mix of different people from different places, different experiences. So some are going to be different in bed and better but you, bed. So you haven't noticed any sort of general stereotypes? There's no stereotypes. With dating it's not like, a born in London girl? Definitely not. Okay. Like stereotypes is in what, what they want to do in the bedroom? No, or even like just dating in general. Just dating just like... like some of them can be pretty slow. Like they're like, oh, we have to go on three dates, four dates. If they're posh, like, if does they're it change posh, things? Then you're like, they're like, you could be gotta, in for a year. Yeah, you have to offer you're their like, family like a farm. Yeah, it's like yeah. I need to meet your father. They're like, it's what's like, your like? How how important is your family name? <laughs> everything is still going. There's no texting these posh girls. It's handwritten letters. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you pick them up in a horse carriage. A horse carriage. Buggy, and you tell them that the Norris hat. family is one of the most elite families in all of Canada. Yes, they are. Or mm -hmm. one of the most elite everywhere. Say. You say that you're the posh of Canada. We're the posh of Canada. Mm -hmm. The rest of Canada sounds like, you know, the Geordie Shore of... Uh, Geordie Shore, yeah. yeah. I heard Geordie Shore puts Jersey Shore to shame. It's the best show on TV. It's pretty funny. Without a doubt. But the one that everyone watches is Love Island, and I've heard that... Oh, I gotta switch it. over. I gotta switch over. I'm not there yet. It's made a big appearance here. Like, it's nuts in London. Dude, these shows are unreal. This one is six days a week. I haven't week. checked any of them out oh, yet. Let's go to little... six days a week. Six days a week, an hour a day. Come on! But they do the most intense things. They have like the couples there. They make them all get together, and then they're like, "Okay, we're gonna put the girls in a different house, and the guys in a different house. Then we're gonna bring in eight new guys, eight new girls, and then it's just everything hits the fan." I don't watch it, but everyone there does. And uh, we got to get in a little Love Island. You got to wow. get into Love Island if you like reality TV. But, but so, in terms of the tips for the twenties, yeah. Do you want to do you want to sum that up for us, Norris? In a, of the podcast or no? Uh, or well, we'll, we'll no, do the, we'll no, sum no, up the, the tips. tips of tips for the twenties segment. Yeah, with the paying. With the paying. Yeah, maybe I would like to say that uh, you should pay on the first. What day. if they insist? If they if they insist. You're still going to pay. Do you fight it a little bit? Yeah. You fight it. You say, no, look, I'll pay. And then, like I said, I do sometimes have an excuse to get out of there if it's not going well. Don't use that all the time. Don't recommend that to everyone. It's not like you should walk in being like, Do you still pay if, if you want to get out of there? Ooh. I do because I got to leave. I'm like, the time is more important than the money. And I'm like, not here to babysit or entertain people. 
So <laughs> it sounds it sounds harsh. So girls, yeah. if you actually go on a date with me, it'll be more fun than just me coming up with some excuse. Like yeah. my roommate needs to hang out. Who's got a pocket full of pounds too? So make sure you order the steak. Yeah, get the steak. Hacienda, <laughs> hundred and seventy. Um, no, but I think you just pay either way. It does. It just it shouldn't be a big issue. I if think you, first date. First date you're paying, and the second one, if they offer, then you're like, fine, yeah. we'll split it. Yeah. And if we split the bill, it means we don't like you. I'm sorry. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the general rule of thumb, you know? Yeah. Other than now that, I, um, I that was a fun, fun epi. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Good to uh, catch up. So just remember pilot on the 23rd. 23rd, um, 9 p.m. And do you have any parting words for our listeners, for the Too Many Jams community? Uh, yeah. Before we sign off? just take the nuclear option just leave everything behind go somewhere new do something cool you'll never regret it it's a lot of fun you're and a that legend was my uh that's my advice those are some pretty legendary words great you're a great Legend. dude you're an absolute kappa mate i'm gagging for a kappa <laughs> right now yeah <laughs> and i just want to say first of all thanks for all the support yeah it's uh it's a pretty lonely arduous task taken on starting a podcast in a band sometimes and we appreciate uh you listening to every episode and thanks for coming on you're dope Boys. let's rock and we'll see you next tuesday baby Woo! nice thank you guys just landed on the strip see a couple goonies and i start spud fist then i walk past nick nut rosie said she cut down but i know she ain't quick then i go see the same old rasta always chilling by the football pitch then i walk past the same old spas but still active with the same old twitch he was chatty till the script got flipped is she bad cause she give no hints he said in his song when he see him it's on he saw him and he done sprint yeah he said in his song the talking's long but he never done shit Bro said he wants food, say nothing my dude, I'm needs with a star dog dip If the feds ask me, I say fuck moles I take a trip and I fly out the cosmos If the pack comes in, I say bingo And I break this down to the utmost I ain't really got time for a bimbo Flip shot and gotta get a boy up close I got cuties loving the lingo But she be tryna cuff a boy like Columbo Tell her eat up, no gumbo